Good morning and welcome to Sharper Iron. Spend the next hour with us studying the living and active Word of God, His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithfield, Texas. Sharper Iron is underwritten by the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. On this Monday, September 28th, we're studying Proverbs chapter 17, verse 25 through chapter 18, verse 24. Solomon teaches more divine wisdom for those who fear the Lord to hear and to put into practice. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us regular guest, Pastor Matt Wheatfelt. Pastor Wheatfelt serves as the Director of Admissions and the Director of the Christ Academy Program at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Pastor Wheatfelt, welcome back to Sharp Iron. Thank you, Pastor Apple. It's a great joy to be with you once again. How are things going at the seminary? Do you have any events coming up? We do. Yeah, things are going well. We, we've started the academic year and uh, things are going, uh, you know, even in these crazy days, going very, very well. But here in the um, upcoming month in October, we've going to, we're going to have two prospective student visit days. The 15th through the 17th of October, we're going to have our annual prayerfully consider visit for college students and uh, majoritively for our uh, second career families that are interested in potentially looking at uh, seminary here at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Uh, more information is on our website at ctsfw.edu. Uh, and then at the end of the month, the 30th uh, through the 1st of uh, November, we have our annual Christ Academy College for our college students who are interested in uh, potentially looking at uh, our seminary for uh, to continue their studies and potentially to go on and become pastors and deaconesses. And again, uh, more information be found at the website, ctsfw.edu, and uh, you can either go to the little visit banner on the top or on the side, uh, or you can just type it into the search bar and you'll be able to find it really fast. Awesome. Uh, those are sound like great events for anybody who's considering service in the church. That's, that's the visit for you. Check out ctsfw.edu to find out more. Pastor Wheatfelt, we're in Proverbs, which is is just a different sort of book than we've looked at here in Sharper Iron before, at least with me, I know. And and the the context question is just different when it comes to Proverbs. From one verse to the next, especially in this section, there's just not always the same. It follows right after it. So as we think about the section that we've got from from Proverbs today, what do we need to know going in about the book as a whole, wisdom literature, King Solomon, anything that'll help us with these verses for today? Yeah, so ultimately the wisdom literature is trying to lay out the wisdom that comes from God and gives to man and how, how that all works out. And <laughs> like like anything that comes from God, it's, it's, it's a mystery. It's a divine mystery. And uh, it is, but it, it, at the same time, it is something where we are called to en- engage it and to uh, use it well uh, as we are able to, uh, but also to realize that uh, it's not something that is ours uh, by itself. It's a, it, it comes because of relationship, because uh, of who we are as God's children and how he gives these to us uh, in order to be able to to to, uh, to use them and to be of a blessing uh, to others vocationally to uh, in in that way. So uh, it's it, it's the wisdom that God gives to man. That's what we're talking about here uh, in, in the book of Proverbs. And uh, thinking about themes that that come up time and time again, we've got things like. Uh, like with all of the wisdom writings, but uh, we've got wisdom as one of those major themes and uh, wisdom and the wise man uh, are are things that will come up and uh, righteousness will come up. And then this juxtaposition of wisdom and foolishness, the wise man and the foolish man, and sometimes synonymously used uh, for foolish or foolishness is wicked or wickedness, and it's really interesting how uh, how, how the Lord, uh, as He uh, gives these words to Solomon, uh, uses that those those terms almost interchangeably uh, with foolishness 
and wickedness, the fool or the wicked, uh, wickedness and foolishness. So it's, it's really quite interesting. What do you think the significance is of that? We've, we've noticed that before, that, that foolishness and wickedness are used interchangeably. Wisdom and righteousness are used interchangeably. What, what's the significance of that? I think the, ultimately the, 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 the significance, especially in regard to wisdom and righteousness, the wisdom isn't, uh, isn't something that is uh, a head knowledge sort of thing. Uh, instead, uh, as, as uh, Solomon will write in the, at early on, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, is, the, is where wisdom finds its, its roots. And what is that fear of the Lord? It's knowing that the, ultimately that the Lord is in control and not man. And what does the fool say? The fool instead says, man is in control. Man is what is important. Man is the one who determines his own destiny. And we know that that's just not true. If man is able to fulfill and, and to prove his own destiny, why is there death in the world? <laughs> why, is there, why, is, why is there chaos? Why is there corruption? Why is there all sorts of different things? We know that foolishness and wickedness all have the same root, and that root is sin. And uh, it being rooted in sin, that these things are not of the Lord. Whereas wisdom is, righteousness is, these two are both of the Lord. They're what the Lord gives, and they're what he is all about. That his, Knowing that his way is better than our way and his plan greater than ours, that's where wisdom and righteousness meet, and in that they kiss, if you will, and uh, they, they, they greet each other, and they, they, they help the they help the one who is aspiring to both wisdom and righteousness understand that to its full extent. Whereas the foolish and the wicked one, um, he does not wish to embrace the things of God, but instead tries to embrace the things of man and use the, the way that man sees things as the fullest or the fullness of what is really uh, to be had, whereas really it's just the 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 partialness that is his foolishness <laughs> that 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 uh, ultimately leads to his destruction. I, I think that that the way that those words do get used interchangeably is another one of those indicators within the book of Proverbs that sets it apart from other wisdom or other. Proverbs, you know, the Proverbs that maybe uh, Mark Twain might have written or that Benjamin Franklin would have written down, or even Aesop's fables. Those are some of the examples we've used in the past. That when we see how Solomon is not only talking about wisdom versus foolishness, but righteousness versus wickedness, that connects us as ex exactly as you pointed out back to the fear of the Lord, which is what makes Proverbs, even when there's that overlap between just what I'll call that worldly wisdom from a secular writer. Even when there's that overlap, Proverbs remains a distinctly Christian book, and and that connection of wisdom and righteousness and foolishness and wickedness is another one of those indicators. I think so. Well, well said. Let's let's go ahead and jump into the text for today because we've got quite a bit to to take a look at. We're starting in Proverbs 17, verse 25. I'll read about about half the text for us on this side of the program. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her who bore him. To impose a fine on a righteous man is not good, nor to strike the noble for their uprightness. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. When wickedness comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes disgrace. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. It is not good to be partial to the wicked or to deprive the righteous of justice. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels, they go down into the inner parts of the body. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. 
All right, we'll pause there. That was through 18.9. Pastor Wayfield, we'll just start our conversation at 17.25. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. We've seen this in the book of Proverbs many times, that the relationship between parents and children is a very important thing, and it, it can bring great joy or, in this case, great grief to both sides. Here we're talking particularly the grief that a foolish son brings to his parents. Yeah, so I, I really I, I, I like that we start here because it's in, in many ways it starts where we all have started uh, in the family um, and how, how the Lord brings forth and trains up uh, his people is in, in the midst of the family. First and foremost, he gives to each of us a father and a mother. Um, and so we're, we're very, we're, we're, we are all go, we all go through that, uh, at least that, that part of it. And so here, the, here, uh, the Proverbist writes, uh, in regard to how a foolish son is both a grief to his father and and the bitterness of the one who bore him or his mother and how it's really amazing how uh, he he's the he his father really is grieved over him there's a great loss uh and it, how sad he is how almost like a, a thorn in his side uh the son is why is that because he's associated with him again it, it goes back to relationships uh it goes back to how are how are you known well, you're first and foremost known uh, first as, as as a child of God, yes, but also uh, through the people who have bore you, through your mother and your father, and so uh, the the fool, uh, the one who is who has made himself a fool, is now a burden to his father, and he, he is now bitter uh, with to his mother, and it's the exact opposite of how it should be. It is that's not the way that this relationship was it was to be. It shows the corruption that sin, that foolishness and wickedness all bring into our relationships and how they destroy them from the inside out. Uh, that it, no longer uh, does the father rejoice in his son, uh, but instead the son is the grief of his father. The son is is the one who brings uh, sadness and sorrow to his father because he has decided to go into a way that is not good uh, for him to go. And whereas for the one who has bore him, she should be delighting in him. She should she should be um, so ecstatic in him that she, uh, the one who has carried him for nine months and now has bored him and and has has continued to raise him up um, and care for him she now is is saddened over it over the the, the, the one who is a fool as to to the point of uh, thinking uh, bitterly about uh, the the one who she has bore so it's 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 amazing how yeah sin and foolishness and wickedness enter into uh the relationship and completely turn it on its head, not in the good way that the Lord brings, but in the bad way that it just distorts it, it corrupts it, it causes chaos and ultimately destroys it. This is one of those proverbs where Solomon doesn't really, he makes an observation, but he doesn't really tell you what to do about it. It not in this verse at least. Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's very true that that a foolish son is a grief to his father and a bitterness to his mother. That is a true observation. But within that verse, there's nothing, well, well what do I do about this, Solomon? And in that way, I think the, the book of Proverbs, even in its sometimes randomness, invites that just further reflection. Because how often, especially you know, in the first nine chapters of the book, how often did Solomon say, "My son, listen to me, listen yeah. <laughs> to this wisdom," and and in this way, a verse like this, which is an observation and and might you know leave us well, that's that's a real downer. Well, it, it propels us into the rest of the book to find out, okay, how do I avoid being a foolish son? What do yeah. I need to hear? What do I need to believe? What do I need to do so that I don't bring this grief to my father or bitterness to my mother? Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that's what the, that's what, that is wisdom right there in itself. That, I mean, that, that you see what is wicked, what is foolish, and you desire greater than that. That is the Christian life that while we might fall into foolishness 
and wickedness at times. We are called to so much more, and we are called to live lives of, 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 of much more than that. And the call of the Christian now says, I want to be better, and I can't do that myself. Uh, I need I need one who will now save me to move me from uh, from from one thing to another thing, and then that and in this it is move me from foolishness and wickedness and ultimately sin, and move me into wisdom and righteousness and salvation. So it's yeah, it's 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 really just amazing how uh, the, the the proverb is just. Uh, lays it out here and forces us to now grapple with that, to think about the things that are, uh, you know, of, of the Lord and how we uh, are called into that presence and to into that relationship through the waters of holy baptism to strive to be better. Uh, but knowing that uh, we can't do it ourselves. It's not the the anything inside of us that allows for us to to do that. No, it's it's the gift of the Holy Spirit creating faith and continuing to remind us of the salvation that has already been won for us. The verse, like seventeen twenty five, as as I'm looking through what we've read so far, uh, verse the first verse of chapter eighteen stands out in a similar regard. Solomon writes there in 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. As you said, Pastor Wheatfelt, the place where we start here in our text is the place where we start within the family, that relationship that God gives us with father and mother. And God hasn't isolated us in that sense. He gives us a family. He gives us that community. And that expands outward such that, you know, verse eight or verse one of chapter 18, I, I think goes hand in hand with this. The foolish son is the one who's isolated himself from his father's teaching or from his mother's instruction. And and the more that we we isolate ourselves from that, ultimately that wisdom that God would give us through the community, and I'm going to go with the church here in verse one of chapter 18, the more likely we are to, as Solomon says here, break out against sound judgment. Absolutely. And breaking out against sound judgment simply... Uh, does not allow for one to hear the other. Uh, it, 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 it's taking what it thinks of for itself and of itself and making that uh, the king, making that its God. Uh, and so in isolating itself from, from others, it's also isolating itself from what true wisdom and righteousness are. And that is being in community uh, because that's, what, that's how the Lord has created us. He has created us to be people of community. And I'm sure that's why for many of our listeners, you know, the, the, the whole social distancing mm -hmm. and isolation, um, and even times where we had to stay at home have been so daunting because we are not built as people who are to me meant to be alone, but we are built to, as people who are meant to be within the context of a community. That's why we have a family. That's why the Lord, uh, doesn't call for us to always and only pray in our pray in our closets, uh, but that instead he gives to us a family of faith, and that he puts us a, a, with a group of people uh, that that are here as our family in faith uh, to 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 care for us and to love us and to nurture us, and so we strive and continue to strive to be in community as opposed to being isolated by ourselves. Right. I mean, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer in our youth confirmation class here in Smithville, and the the opening word of the Lord's Prayer, is "Our Father." This is this is a, a community prayer. This is the Absolutely. prayer for the whole church. That that when God makes me a Christian, when He makes Jesus my brother and and me a brother to Jesus, He gives me a whole family, His church, and it, it's not good to be in isolation from that family, from my earthly family, from my from my churchly family. That's not how God has has designed this to work. And to to isolate myself from others is only going to lead me to seek my own desire, which we know is is the way of, of foolishness. Is, is That's where my heart's <laughs> going to lead me. And and I will. I'll break out against sound judgment. So the, again, I mean, I think you see how these, these Proverbs are, are working together. Even if they're not right next to each other, you see how the Proverbs do work together to, to paint this picture of what divine wisdom looks like in the life of a Christian. 
Absolutely. And the divine wisdom works in the way of community that it at least allows for the other to say, uh, hey, you're being a fool. <laughs> and right. at the at the least, your 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 brothers and sisters in Christ can call you to task uh, to say you're 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 acting like a fool. Stop it. Um, as hard as that might be for us to hear, it's beyond beneficial. It's 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 the uh, it's it, it's the it's the person yelling fire in a crowd so that others can leave as well. It's it's or or that the ship is sinking and uh, and and actually trust that 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 these things are coming to pass uh, because we are caring for the neighbor, because we're loving the neighbor, because we want the best for them and for their best to be a part of our community as well. And it's only uh, it, when, when we're working together and acting together, can that ever have its true place and its true or fulfill its true place and purpose for the life of the Christian and the life of the church. Hmm. We got about, five minutes or so before our break here, Pastor Wheatfield. And there's there's several verses in this section that deal with the matter of speaking, which is another one of those very common topics that Solomon brings up here in the book of Proverbs. One that that stands out because I it sounds a lot like what I think I think Mark Twain said. <laughs> and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he said it's it's better to to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and let it be known yeah. or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, something to that effect. Yeah, something to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> and and verse 28 of chapter 17, I mean, Solomon says almost the same thing. Even a fool who can who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent, which by itself, you know, it's, it's somewhat humorous, I think. But it, but it connects to other verses that deal with, well, what do a fool's lips actually do? Down in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 18, a fool's lips walk into a fight. A fool's mouth is his ruin. So, I mean, with with the the time we have before the break, let's talk a little about the the matter of speech and the the wisdom that Christians are called to when it comes to what we speak. Yeah, as we speak, we're we're called to speak the truth in love, and um, the 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 wise the wise person will do just that. The wise person will know when to speak and when not to speak, uh, not to jump into fight um and all in all in every case but uh in order but to bring forth the truth to allow the truth and not our own selfish ambitions to rule and win the day and so in doing that uh the the christian is called to to love uh through all things that we do including through our speech uh and it, it's really it, it is amazing how uh, in 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 the old testament in in creation that the, the as we think about this word of God that is there in all of creation, that is the person and works of Jesus, that that's not a written word. It doesn't become a written word until much later. That's a that's a spoken word. It's the word spoken by the Father to bring all things into being. And every time he speaks, he speaks and it, it is. And so he gives us the example of, 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 of how uh, the performative word actually works, a word that does what it says it's going to do. And that's what Christians are called to, to speak the truth to be people of the truth because that's who Christ is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as he uh, continues to uh, be the truth, so we are called to speak the truth. And in speaking the truth, live truth and be true. And instead of falling in the way of the fool, instead of falling in that folly uh, and, and or in the way of wickedness, wickedness and foolishness will, will speak and we'll speak in ignorance. Uh, so much of what we hear today, uh, whether it be the talking heads on TV or our politicians, is blatant foolishness, uh, <laughs> regardless of political persuasion. Um, but we as Christians are called to speak the truth and to be people of truth and to not and let to not let the fool dictate. Uh, you know what our truth is, but instead to allow Christ, who is truth, to to really have His way with what truth is, and to hold up that truth 
for the world uh, as he comes to this world to seek and to save the lost and all the lost of all people and all places and uh, nations, tribes, what have you. Uh, so it, it, it's just it's amazing how the word that is from creation is a word that continues to live in our lives as the word of truth, the word of truth that we bring out and speak into this world as well. I think that all of that talk of of how the word of God has has created our all all things, and how then we as Christians mimic that in our own speech, not not in the same way of, of creating, but that mm-hmm. our words would be true and good and giving like His. All of that also reflects or invites us to reflect upon what we hear. And we're coming up on a break, but just real briefly, I think that's where verse eight can fit in. Where, where all of that, you know, you're talking about all the foolishness that's out there that we can listen to. Solomon says in verse eight, the, the words of a whisper, that, those are delicious morsels. Doesn't it, doesn't it taste so good <laughs> to listen to that, that gossip or that foolishness? And, and yet he warns us of the danger of that, how much better it is for us as Christians to listen, not to foolishness, but to the wisdom of the word of God, so that that is what we can be speaking to our fellow Christians and to this world. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFO. Need to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Please stick around. Since 1978, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries and her workers. Thanks to faithful investors, LCEF has provided thousands of church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations with the low-cost loans and resources they need to reach more people with the saving name of Christ. To learn more, visit lcef.org or call 800-843-5233, 800-843-5233. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Monday, September 28th. We're looking at Proverbs 17:25 through 18:24. We've got Pastor Matt Wheatfelt with us. He serves as the Director of Admissions and the Director of the Christ Academy Program at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Remember that if there's a proverb that we miss or one that you want to hear more about, you can call the listener comment line 314-996-1542 and leave a message there, or you can send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. Let us know what you want to hear more about. I'll be recording some short bonus podcast material as your requests come in so that you hear more about Proverbs and have your faith in Christ made sharp. Pastor Wheatfeld, we left off at the at the break with verse 8. Eight. The words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. It's, it's just one of those vivid pictures that Solomon keeps giving us in the book of Proverbs. Absolutely. And I think in many ways it, it, it speaks so well to you know the the current day that yeah the, these words of gossip they they may be sweet on the ears and sweet on the lips um, and they may go down, but they go what do they do? They, they don't, they don't, they have an effect. They actually have an effect on us as people, how they go, because they go deep down inside of us and they enter into us and, uh, they, they, they become, and in that way, they become a part of us. They become what drives us. And so it can be whatever, what name that name, that pet sin of yours, uh, whatever it might be, if we let our, if we let our passions have their way with us, they become what is fueling us, what is feeding us, what is nourish, nur, what is nourishing us. And it's the difference between eating a nice meal. And as one of my former uh, senior pastors said when I was in the parish, the difference between that and eating cardboard. And yeah, you can you can be filled. Uh, off of eating cardboard, but are you going to really be nurtured and cherished and nourished in that? Absolutely not. It's going to fill your belly and then it's going to kill you. <laughs> it's going to fill your belly uh, with, with all bad things and things that you don't want to be putting into your body. That's what, that's what gossip is. That's what, that's what all of our sins are if we let our passions have their way. We're filling ourselves with 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 all horrible, horrible things. And yeah, we'll be full. We'll be filled to the brim. 
But then that being filled will lead to our destruction, will lead to our death. And, you know, if you eat too much, if you eat too much cardboard, your belly's going to explode. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you don't want to do that. The same with gossip. Uh, you, 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 you allow for that as opposed to uh, using, using the good proverbist just juxtaposition uh, as opposed to filling ourselves with good words, with the word of Christ with positive words of your brothers and sisters, with caring words that look to, to care for the neighbor, filling yourselves with these words and these thoughts are only going to continue to be of a blessing to you, to be a blessing to those around you, and to continue to uh, allow for you to, to, to live this life. Uh, even uh, as we are sinners in need of a savior, uh, we still... Uh, we, we, you can still be filled, filled with, with the, what is the truth. In a world in which we can consume media all the time, I think this is just such an important thing for us as Christians to keep in mind. And, and as you were talking there about what we should be filling ourselves with, I'm, I'm reminded of what Paul writes in Philippians 4 about whatever is true and honorable and just and all those adjectives that he lists there. He says, think about those things. Or is, I think it's in Ephesians five where he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, or yeah. or uh, Colossians three, letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That that this is what we would we would let that be the delicious morsel rather than the words of a of a whisperer, as if it doesn't have an effect on us. It does have an effect on us. So let it let it be the Word of God, that that creative Word of God that does what He says. Let that be what fills you and 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 have that effect on you so that your belly isn't just filled, but it's actually nourished. That's a wonderful imagery there. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Pastor Wheatfelt. we pick up again in the text in verse 10 through, through the end of chapter 18, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in a, in his imagination before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. The one who states his case first seems right, until the other comes and examines him. The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and, a, and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. <laughs> That's where chapter 18 ends. That, that last verse, I think, would be a good one to, to close on. It, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can't help it. <laughs> I mean, I, I read that last verse, and it sounds a lot like Jesus. Exactly. I, 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 yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll save that one for the end, I think. As, as we started this section, uh, verses 10 through 12, I, I really think they all they all hang together. They give you, you know, this is the strong tower is the name of the Lord, and and then you have some things that that might tempt a person to find refuge elsewhere, riches, uh, a high wall, uh, a pride, a proud, a prideful. That's what the prideful heart. Um, all of these things might lead to downfall. And, and Solomon in verse 10 really gives you the foundation. What, Where's your true refuge? It's the name of the Lord. Absolutely. And as he goes on then, uh, saying that you know the, a, a rich man's wealth is his strong city, uh, but it's only an imaginary one. Mm-hmm. It's not actually providing any sort of anything for him that is in regard to the in eternity. Uh, it might, yeah, this might, he might be able to build up something nice for himself, but at the end of the day, where is your, uh, you, where is your heart? Is it in the things of this world, the things that both as Christ would say, moth and rust destroy, or are they, are they think, are they set in 
the heavens uh, where neither moth nor rust nor even the evil one, not even the destroyer, uh, can destroy. So where 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 is a man's where where is our heart? Where is it here on this in this world, or is it is it set in in the things of of, of Christ and the things of the the eternity? And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, so uh, a rich man's wealth is a strong city, but it's only imaginary, uh, and it, it it's it's one of those things that is. And, it's also going to lead to his destruction, uh, as as he is haughty and and uh, but but instead um, for the humble for and you know I think I think all of these positive adjectives whether it be the the, the humility uh, that these are all things that are synonymous uh, with wisdom and with righteousness uh, that he, that the proverbist will keep coming back to okay this is not good. This is good. This is not the way of the Lord. This is the way of the Lord, and will lay out for us how how it all works out. Not necessarily always in a one to one comparison, but uh, but in a way that uh, allows for us as the reader uh, to see that it's ultimately. Christ, who is the one fulfilling all of these, and as Christ fulfills them, as Christ is the person who is, uh, who, who, who trusts ultimately in the name of the Lord, who is the righteous man, who is, uh, who is honored for his humility, uh, uh, who is uh, continuing to, uh, to, 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 to be the one who is intelligent uh, in their heart and acquires knowledge, as he is that one. So are we because we are bound with him through his death on the cross. Where Christ goes, we go. And as he continues to give, so we are given too. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's so much fun, uh, you know, just kind of thinking, thinking through where Christ goes, so we go also. It's not us who live, but Christ who lives in us. Uh, yeah, from that, from that positive side of things, then, uh, the, particularly that last phrase in verse 12, but humility comes before honor. I'm reminded of the of the words that Mary sings in the Magnificat, mm-hmm. where she speaks of such such great reversals as as Solomon gives us here of of exalting the lowly and bringing down the mighty from their thrones. And and the reason that that's true is, or or not true. I mean, which which side you fall on is whether or not you are bound to Christ or not. Where where is your treasure? The the moth and rust is that. Where, where that's destroying, is that where your treasure is? Or is your treasure with Christ where, where that sort of destruction can't happen? From the from the negative side of things, where it's talking about, you know, the rich man's wealth is his strong city and and his heart is haughty. I'm, I'm reminded of the, I think it's a parable that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 12 of the rich man who has a great year for his crops and he, he sits back and thinks to himself, ah, I'm going to I'm going to live for a long time, eat, yeah. drink, and be merry. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And and that's that night his life is taken away. I mean, the, the both the positive and negative aspects that Solomon gives us here in Proverbs 18. And as you said, to I mean, this is a key for throughout the book of Proverbs, is to see how ultimately Jesus is the wise one. Jesus is the righteous one. And and when we are bound to him, then the righteousness and wisdom becomes a gift that God gives to us. Absolutely. And as we are bound to him, it's all gift. Uh, we, you know, I think, and it goes back to the beginning of, uh, of the, of Proverbs, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, that it is only in Christ that we can truly see uh, that fear of the Lord is a word of gospel that in the world sees that as a word of law uh, that they that they are to fear the destruction of the Lord why because he is great and powerful and awesome and just and what have and what have they done they have sinned and so he comes to reconcile accounts for the Christian, that reconciliation has already happened in the personal works of Christ. And so when we hear of the justice of the Lord, we know we see that as nothing to be feared. We see that as we have been justified. And so the Lord's justice means our salvation because of Christ and Christ alone. 
And so in, in, in that, we have, we have nothing to fear. It's Christ who carries us alongside, and uh, he allows for us in many ways to play along in the game and uh, to play along in this life and to, to enjoy it uh, and to care for the neighbor and to, uh, to, to be able to live and love and have, and, and have just a delightful time. Looking through this this section, verse where did it go? Verse fourteen stands out as slightly a slightly different topic than we've seen elsewhere. There's a lot more talk here again about speech and listening. Verse fourteen stands a, a bit apart. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? What's the what's the wisdom in verse fourteen? I, I think what what it what it's saying, and I think it will also tie in well with the, with that concluding sentence as well with friend dealing with friends. But um, a, a man's spirit that is what the man uh, what the man uh, that the man trusts in uh, the Lord that the what the, the 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 faith that he that he has been given um, it, it will endure even sickness. That is, will endure the things uh, that 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 will, could potentially rob one or take one uh, take one's life, um, but at the same time, a crushed spirit—that is, a spirit that has no faith in it, uh, that that is not filled up with uh, the the things of the Lord, but instead is filled up with things that uh, are of this world—the crushed spirit. The spirit that, in in a sense, falls in in upon itself. It's like a building that ultimately just just falls inward uh, on itself after it's not been taken care of uh, for many a year. But uh, it, it just falls upon itself and it cannot endure. How do we endure? We endure because Christ has given us faith, a faith that raises our spirits faith that is continued to be given to us through his Holy Spirit. Uh, but the spirit of this world is one that is that is against the things of the Lord and against his people and against, frankly, all people uh, and looks only for their destruction, looks only for them to to uh, be taken, be swept away by time. Uh, but instead of instead of being cared for and loved by uh, our Lord. So it's yeah it it, it, it is an interesting uh, interesting little uh, segue uh, or even just a, you know, almost tangent uh, as 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 he moves from back and forth between you know knowledge and 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 uh, understanding and 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 uh, this all in this uh, in the view of the righteousness of of, of uh, right, the righteous man who puts his trust in the name of the Lord as his strong tower. Well, and as you were talking, I mean, this this verse, I think, fits well with some of those verses in Proverbs, and there are many, where you read them and you think, I can see that, but it's not always true that, I mean, just to go back to some of the verses we looked at previously, a fool's mouth is his ruin. Often, often true, but sometimes a fool can run his mouth and he isn't ruined. He, he ends up, you know, gaining power, gaining wealth, even though he's a fool and, and he keeps running his mouth. Mm-hmm. Such that, the the and, and trying to connect that then to verse 14 and the way that you laid it out, which I think is very helpful, is that how how is it that the Christian can endure that kind of thing, that kind of physical calamity when it attacks me as a sickness or some other bodily harm that I endure, or when I, when I experience that sort of injustice in the world? How do I endure that? It is through the fear of the Lord, that gift. But if I've got the the crushed spirit, if I don't have the fear of the Lord, I've got nothing to I've got nothing to to hold me up. I, I mean, how how could I the the man in the first half of the verse, the one whose whose spirit endures sickness, he can sing the the fourth stanza of a mighty fortress that Take they our life, goods, fame, child, and wife, though these all be gone, our victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. And and to be able to sing that, what a gift that is, but to not be able to sing that, to have this crushed spirit, this spirit that is lost in despair, who can bear it? And and the just the utter tragedy of that. Absolutely. I think it, it really, it's where... 
And I think it's it's the difference between the way the Christian views the world versus the way that the non-Christian does. Uh, how the Christian, or at least the one who uh, has has a right understanding of, of of this of this world and how everything works together, uh, the Christian can see the the hand of the Lord in it all, and uh, and and will not and and you know. It, has fears, yes. <laughs> I think it's only human to have fears, but does not hang their hat on those fears. Instead, they 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 rely on the the providence of the Lord. They rely on the Lord's blessing of taking care of them, knowing full well that if this means that they no longer are going to be on this earth, there's a much better place for them. Whereas the person of this world only has this place, only has this world, only has the things that that they have. Uh, they they have they have brought upon themselves or that they have been then they have been given to share what have you they only have that and they are fearful and in many ways should be fearful uh, because they that the, the the what what's waiting for them is not as good as this world it's worse than this world it's 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 destruction it's 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 the fires of hell and it's not going to be pleasant Pastor Wheatfeld, we've got about seven minutes here on the morning, and I, I do think that that last verse of this section provides a, a fitting conclusion for a number of reasons, which we've already hinted at. But even when we think about where we started this conversation, with the relationship that God gives us in father and mother and how he sets us in community, we talked about the isolation just not being a good thing back at the beginning of, of Proverbs 18. I think this concluding verse fits into all of those themes that a, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, that that the the community that God gives us in the church, if we can start there, is not a just a random group of people, but, but a group of people that is more than just having a bunch of people around you, but having people who, who are a, a brother to you because you have the brother, your older brother, Jesus Christ. We've got, we've got a good six minutes to meditate on these words. Absolutely. We, we have a, a bigger brother, a great brother, if you will, uh, in, in, in Jesus Christ, who is here and who calls for us to care for each other, to care for um, those who are around us and to be cared for by the, by them. That's the beauty of vocation, um, the beauty of, of caring for the neighbor and the living in a community like this, because we, we, do, we don't want or we don't have thoughts of the want of our need because the, our need is taken care of by others as we are caring for the other. It's a great, it's a great economy. Uh, going back and forth, uh, as we're caring for them, they're caring for us, and as we, and uh, we we continue to care for them, they continue to care for us, so on and so forth. Or at least that's the way uh, community is uh, in is in order to work and to uh, have be a part of what uh, exactly we are what we are a part of and how that all works together is so beautiful so brilliant and uh, allows for us to just be cared for to be cared for and to be loved by and nourished by those who are with us those who uh, are part of our immediate family um, and, and and but also those who are part of this great extended family of, that that are fo- are put together not by blood or at least by uh but by by the blood of 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 two that is mother and father but instead by the blood of one and in that blood of one that is Jesus Christ he bids for us to eat and drink to continue to enrich and and and, and care for us and in doing that he, he calls for us to care for others and for especially for our brothers and sisters in Christ and then to go out to the ends of the earth and to continue to make more and more disciples and more and more brothers and sisters in him and so uh, we're, we're so 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 blessed to be able to to be a part of a community and regardless of what that community looks like regardless of how many wrinkles and bumps and warts and all sorts of stuff that community might have uh, that community is uh is is, who, is yours 
it, that community is where you belong. That community is 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 there to uh, to uplift and to give, especially the gifts of Christ through word and through word and sacrament. And so we're so blessed to be able to have that uh, to be a part of that. Um, Again, even as even as wrinkly and as warty as 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 uh, that that uh, that 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 mother, if you will, the church might be. Well, and I think that's that's the key to all of it is that even as the church may be wrinkly and have have her her warts, which which certainly she does, even when the companions that you have within the church within your local congregation let you down they are a part of that community and you are a part of that community as well, not because of you, but because of that one around whom you have been gathered, who is Jesus Christ. And, and he's the one who binds this community together because he's the one who is the last half of verse 24. He's the friend who sticks closer than a mm-hmm. brother. That that's who Jesus is and the community centers around him. And, and when we keep that in mind, then that does hold that, community together because he's doing it and, and he's where our, our focus continually must be because he he has been i mean loyalty who has been more loyal than than our lord jesus christ who has been more faithful than him he's the friend who sticks closer than our brother we got two minutes to wrap it up pastor Weasel. absolutely yeah he is he's the one that even though i mean a man of many companions will find his ruin um that Ruin is going to happen. Death and despair is going to happen. Um, hard times are going to happen. It's a part of living in a sinful world. But we, in, in the church, the beautiful thing is that whereas Job's friends all left him, the only one that didn't was God. Uh, the only one, ultimately God. And, 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 then, and what did God do? God continued to bless him. And uh, so, yeah, where we might have our sorrow, we might have our hardships, we might have our pains, we might have, you name it, we will always have each other as the body of Christ. And we will always share in that. Uh, we, we, you, have, you have those who have gone before you now um, it, it, caring for you those who they they've prayed for you as you pray for the next generation of christians to come uh and they they they've prayed for you in in many ways uh in in their prayers not knowing us specifically but in their prayers and praises to god are praying for us uh, continually as well as your brothers and sisters in christ on the church here on this earth are continuing to pray for you and to raise you up. There's always a prayer going on throughout this world. Uh, and as we join, as we have the blessing to be able to join together in our prayers on Sunday or whenever that might be. So there are people around the world constantly ra- raising up their prayers for us. They are, as Christ has given them to you as your brothers and sisters, so they continue to raise you up as you continue to raise them up in your prayers and in your support, uh, knowing that the Lord has called us to something much greater than ourselves in as he has called us into his church. Pastor Matt Wheatfelt is the director of admissions and the director of the Christ Academy program at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, helping us this morning with Proverbs 1725 through 1824. Pastor Wheatfelt, thanks for being our guest today. Thank you, Pastor Oppel. Great joy to be with you once again. I'm your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk to you again tomorrow.